0: There's no better time than the present to start this.
1: <laughs> yep. We're back. Yep. Cami. Yes. I got a
0: special surprise for you. Although oh. I feel like you might know what it is because you're a smart girl.
1: Well, there's an ashtray and some, uh, what do you call those? Matches. Progenies.
0: What do you get for the podcast host of your dreams on your reunion tour to lure her back in to podcasting?
1: <laughs> Smart man.
0: A cigar. It has been a minute since we're podcasting, but it yeah. feels good to be back, I think. I'm a little bit...
1: It's been a long time since... Because we had two different channels we were doing podcasts on, and I... I don't even remember the last time we did a podcast on Fight For Together's.
0: Let's roll the intro. You're listening to the Fight For Together podcast. Okay, we got a little topic for you guys today that I think I realized as I was just getting ready to record, I haven't even told you what we're talking about.
1: Well, I guess I'm going to have to wing it then.
0: Uh, Which You're used to I wanted to talk about Like Topics from the book But as I was Getting started I realized That's not the topic I actually Care about the most Right
1: now Yeah
0: Hang on Sorry folks out there On podcast land We are lighting our cigars Give us (laughs) one second (laughs) Hashtag priorities Yes Priorities Self-care It's really important.
1: Yes, it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm in the middle of lighting my cigar, and you realize, um, well, it actually takes quite a bit to stop in the middle of our day and start recording this thing, so we had to give ourselves a little treat here to get motivated. I need to set my timer for the camera, otherwise it'll shut off automatically. Okay, today's topic... What I wanted to talk about was writing this book, some lessons that I learned that I think will help people out there.
1: Help, help. This broke my match. Having <laughs>
0: trouble out there. You can still use that.
1: I'm nervous, I guess.
0: Letting the cigar on camera.
1: Just everything. It's been a while.
0: It has been a little bit. And actually, this is our first time recording um, in this studio, a.k.a. living room. Yeah. So I guess I'll toss out this junk out there just for people that want to know if this is available. You can, like, listen to it on the podcast platforms if that's easier for you. Or it's on YouTube if you like the video. Now that we got that out of the way. Okay, basically, I wrote this book, right? 2,000 Miles Together. Isn't that beautiful? Look at that Best seller. Bestseller. It is a bestseller, actually. And this book was almost not this book. This book was almost another book.
1: Yeah, it it morphed.
0: Meaning a very different book. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about that because when we got off the trail, we received a ton of accolades. People were like, you guys are awesome. This is incredible, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And what they were talking about was hiking, walking, like yeah. the physical external stuff that's easy to see.
1: But you actually did 2,000-plus miles. Whoa, that's crazy. Five months.
0: Which, fuck. Let's give ourselves some credit. That They did kind of kick ass in a way. It was hard. Yeah, Um. for sure. So then when I set out to write the book, I started writing a book about, it's basically like a physical adventure book. Yeah. A- and in a physical adventure book, your enemies are like bears and rattlesnakes and snow. The and,
1: elements, yeah.
0: And bad guys, like CPS <laughs> and shit. Um, but here's the problem. Like, none of those things were actually that scary to me at the end of the day yeah i mean the hardest actually was the online critics but then again i get a certain energy from that also so it it was hard and weird the
1: hardest for me was being in a warm cozy house and seeing the rain pelt down and know that you have to go back out in it yeah so that was hard but
0: Yeah, that was a pain in the ass. a lot of times that happened. But but this is how I knew it wasn't that hard. And this is how you know you have a shitty story. Never once did we really seriously think about quitting. Yeah. Like, seriously, where we're like, we can't do this anymore. We got to throw the towel in.
1: No. And I don't know if it was just there was so much momentum built up. We had so much help. I mean... Maybe we have a lot of grit. I don't know what the, like, uh, factors were. I just don't
0: think that was our hardest challenge. But it's not to say there weren't challenges. No. And this is where what I'm getting to is there was something far more difficult. And if you've heard the story, forgive us because we've told it in a number of places. But for those of you that have read the book, you know there's a few gritty moments, like a few gritty parenting moments that specifically revolve around me and me losing self-control and when i'm writing the book because i'm writing a book about bears and rattlesnakes and snow and shit right so i think oh those gritty parenting moments those aren't really that important no one wants to really hear about that in a snow adventure book like you don't like i don't like the um i'm old school where like my favorite spider-man movies are the one where he just kicks ass not the one where he's like, you know how they always get to the second, third, fourth one, and then he's like questioning himself, and Batman is like, am I a good person, or should I quit, or hang up my cape? I'm like, fuck that. I just want to see him like use their devices and go after it. Um,
1: Why? Because like, it's fun. Yeah. Because it, it's just purely for entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Not purely, but a like, lot, most of it. Who
0: wants to see Batman question himself?
1: Yeah. So
0: I was kind of, I started off writing a superhero book about ourselves and how we were superheroes in this way of yeah. accomplishing this kind of like heroic task. But I knew we had kind of fucked up and made a mistake <clears throat> when there was one run in particular, and I remembered this story that had stuck with me, which was, and I'm just going to kind of ruin it, but tough if you haven't read it. I don't think it'll really ruin it. But I'm hiking along, and I push. uh, Seven was going so slow. I need to turn off the heat because it's making noise. Seven was going so slow, so I push him, and he's carrying Rainier, and he lands face down in the water, and it was preventable. And that's when I realized I had... I was pushing too far too fast and because I was facing actually a conflict inside of me that was far harder and more difficult than bears and rattlesnakes. It it actually had to do with controlling my kids and my own goals and letting go and accepting my kids just for who they are and stuff like that.
1: And also repeating patterns of how you were parented, but wanting to undo that or change that. I mean, it's like, it's deep, deep stuff.
0: Yeah, but not the book I wanted to write. <laughs> I wanted to write this uh, heroic book where I was the hero. Um,
1: But there was something in you that said, I need to write about this stuff.
0: Yeah, well... I didn't know, but this is what I knew. I went on a run with you. Yeah. And I said, Cammie, I remembered this story of pushing seven and him falling down. And we were on, let's just say, draft number 10 of the manuscript. Sorry if you heard the dog. I
1: told Eden to keep her in. But All right, I'm going to text Eden.
0: <laughs> uh, podcasting, home life, drama, Eden can you bring your dog inside question mark thank you Mm, smiley face (laughs) should i do an angry face i'm gonna do an angry face too that's more how i really feel um okay so we're running and i'm we're on draft nine of this book and it doesn't mention the scene and i'm running and i tell you okay i I remember the story and you said that was the lowest point of the trail for me. Yeah. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, shit. Here we have the lowest point of our life, and I'm writing a on the trail. This 161 day is the lowest point, and I'm writing a book about the same 161 days, and I don't even include it. I was like, that's a problem.
1: And I think what's really interesting too is that lowest point for me was days before we were finished
0: which is when which makes sense actually because in every story the climax is always like right before the end that's when Mm -hmm. things are the most intense
1: yeah but
0: seriously we weren't really considering quitting in the end although it was physically hard in the whites and the technical 200 and the rain and all that
1: No, but it was a moment where I felt like is was this worth it for you to snap and then push our thirteen year old in a pedal. Yeah. I was like, oh no, like maybe this isn't worth it for that.
0: So then I call up my writer Megan and I'm like, Megan, there's this one story that I forgot to mention. (laughs) Whoops. Yeah, And I'm like kind of hoping she'll be like, oh, this is a good book. Like, don't worry about it. That doesn't need to go in. <laughs> but of course, the, the reason why I brought it up to her, because I knew it was important. I needed someone else to tell me. And she goes, we have to include that. Yeah. And I was just like, I think I just said on the phone, fuck. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Mm-hmm. But then what happened is the entire book changed. Mm. And it became the book that I needed to write, which was not about an adventure exactly, or a hike, or man versus bear, although those things are present, but it more became about how I wrestled with parenting models of control and dominance and gave up this old part of myself
1: and those things are harder to write about because those things are internal and they you can't see them. You can't see the bear. You can't see the, the sleet, <clears throat> snow. I mean, that's not part of talking about the inter- internal struggle. So I just think that's more challenging. It was. And it's more challenging to engage people that way, probably. Um, it's just flashier to like have the bear come out of the woods and maul one of your children.
0: But and here's so this is actually the point of this podcast is what happens when you make the choice to release the more vulnerable thing and the thing that's more true because I knew less people were going to be interested in that. More people just want to read the man versus bear Hiking 2,000 Miles story. And even there's some reviews that say...
1: This is a bit of a downer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> why all the parenting talk, like, I was basically thought I was getting into a hiking book. But there's something else that's happened also, which is we have got a lot more other reviews of people saying, yes, this is the book I wanted. This is why i follow you guys this is what i've never seen in any other hiking book
1: Mm.
0: and i'm not saying it's because my book is just the best book out there i'm saying it's just because well i actually want to get into that Mm -hmm. because the whole reason why this started today for me was i want to tell you guys kind of another story and this is going to get a little into some details but so I'm doing this Goodreads promotion. All right, this Goodreads promotion just ended. Well, let me back the heck up here. Um, okay. I'm releasing this book, and I hired this company to basically help me with publicity. It cost me $12,000 to pay this company. And they say, mm-hmm. well, we can maybe like get you on some magazines and get you on like news, and we'll help thousands of people see this book that wouldn't have otherwise seen it. They have all these like ways and all these secret contacts and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm thinking I've spent two years on this book. I've spent $35,000 cash, not including the amount of time. And we have the money. So of course I want to spend a little bit more money to have a bunch more people see it. Mm -hmm. Even though, by the way, we have 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. We have around 10,000 subscribers, or followers on Instagram. So there's just this question of where do you spend your money and time to reach who. But mm-hmm. I decided to spend it with this company. And I'm not going to say I regret it, but I want to share what I've learned about that. Um, was One of the things this company advised me to do Was to basically take every one of my email contacts, my LinkedIn contacts, my MailChimp contacts, and all these other lists that they got. And we essentially spammed, let's just say a thousand people, Mm -hmm. gave them a free copy of the book, gave them a discounted copy of the Kindle, and in return asked one very small favor. Please leave a review on Amazon. yeah. And so we're mm-hmm. giving mm-hmm. away, I mean, I've worked on this book now for years, spent so much money, and now I'm giving it away for free to people. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this list of people are not people that are really connected to us. I mean, you take a look at your contacts list and your email, <laughs> and there's like people I've talked to one time, people I haven't talked to in five years, yeah. really people that they don't give much a shit about me, and I don't give much a shit about them. And we just happened to interact at one point in time. But I'm spamming essentially 1,000 people. And what boggled my mind was the number of responses we got from this. Hmm. I don't know. It's it's actually impossible to track. But in my opinion, the response was so low. I would be shocked if I got five reviews from these 1,000 people.
1: Whoa. Yeah, I guess, I don't know, like, I I don't, to be honest, I don't think I've ever left a review on on a book, and I've read a lot of books, so I think a lot of people just aren't in the habit of leaving reviews, and it does take, like, an extra couple steps to do that. And take some, like, thought if you want to. Leave a good, like a thoughtful review.
0: So the big, the big question came for me is it's time to spend more money. And one of the things that this company did was they did this Goodreads promotion. And this Goodreads promotion, the way it works, like this, is you spend it's like 120 bucks, and it goes on this giveaway. Mm -hmm. So you're out 120 bucks, and then you're out. You give away 10 copies, and let's just say the 10 copies cost the author 10 dollars plus shipping. Give or take, so you're you're out 120 bucks for the promotion, and then you have to pay for the books, which is another 100 bucks. So it's 220 bucks total. So then you're like, well, what do I get in return for this 220 bucks? Well, I was looking up the statistics today on it,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: basically, like, long story short, shit, I have it here somewhere. I ah, probably lost it. Whatever. The point is, like, 1,000 to 2,000 people added it to their goodreads list or shelf so i was like wow that's really good right um that uh, let's just say two thousand people best case scenario added my book to their little like want to read shelf but then i was like reading these articles and looking more into it Mm -hmm. and what they said was in order to get the free promotion you have to add it to your shelf so there's a lot of people that just they just look for what is the promotion, like what's the free books out there. And they just enter all of them just because they're they're not even into hiking. They're not into parenting. They just want a free book. They're like basically coupon clippers. Yeah. So they'll get it just because it's free, but they really don't give a shit about it. Yeah. In fact, they might not even read it or they might disagree with it, but they're like, they just can't turn down the free offer. So when you go for this thing, you're attracting oftentimes a bunch of people that don't even really care about your book. They more care about free stuff. Yeah, so for two hundred and twenty bucks, I get my book added to someone's two thousand people's shelves.
1: And maybe out of those two thousand people, five people might read it,
0: and two people might care about it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> which you know is something. But
0: so that's the negative is side: that. is we spammed these thousand people, we paid this two hundred and twenty bucks to get these two thousand ads. But I want to contrast that to something else entirely. Cause the book, by the way, I'm making it sound like the book is not doing good. The book is doing fucking great. Yeah, incredible. Are are we not supposed to talk about this kind of stuff? Because like maybe there's some rule, but we talk about money here and numbers.
1: I don't know of any rule. Yeah. So, okay.
0: There's. You're also not supposed to smoke indoors, so we're breaking <laughs> the rules. Um. I think our merch store, we made fifteen thousand dollars in book sales in the first month,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is three times more than we made on Amazon. Amazon made about five thousand dollars. So twenty thousand dollars worth of books. I don't even remember the number of copies, like
1: I would say we've pushed around four hundred, probably books out
0: and Amazon sold another one or two thousand i
1: mm-hmm.
0: don't hold me to these numbers, but the point is. The book has done so much better than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. Almost none of which has to do with spamming people or this promotion, in my opinion. And this is what I've seen.
1: It had to do with engaging people who were already invested in our story.
0: Fucking yes. Mm -hmm. There are people that have we have built trust with for five years by vlogging
1: or one year or two years podcasting
0: well i'm saying we've been in the act of oh yeah uh, vlogging for five years yes yeah and the type of person that's listening to this podcast that cares about what we think that is thinking similar thoughts questioning similar things passionate about similar things Mm -hmm. enough to seek us out every week and listen to our videos listen to a podcast what are we in right now we're uh, 22 minutes in we spent most of our time cutting a cigar and wasting your time (laughs) but you guys who are listening to this right now there's a reason why you're here instead of somewhere else yeah and it's not just because we're awesome it's because we share some sort of similar passion approach or able to help each other. And that's a rare thing to find. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like, sometimes I find a podcast and I'm like, this guy is helping me out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think, I'm going to recommend this to everyone because he'll be able to help everyone out. And then I share it and someone else listens to it and they're like, uh, that was great. Like, what was so special about that? Mm -hmm. Well, we're that same way with other people. Like, you know.
1: Yeah, for some people, we're... We were amazing to them because they've never heard of anyone talking about these things. For other people, they could care less. And then there's people who are like, oh, yeah, that's kind of interesting.
0: <laughs> so I want to talk real quick in the time we have left about what I've learned about finding your people. Yes. Because what I basically, what the numbers say now that I'm selling books, is one person that's passionate about your message and actually connects to your message
1: mm-hmm.
0: is worth literally possibly 100 one hundred to a thousand strangers mm. or random people. Yeah. And a lot of marketing is geared towards connecting to random people. Like when you put a billboard up, you know, you might, a million people might see it, but they're a million random people, and we're all trained to ignore billboards.
1: But they have different goals. Like, they just want to spam everyone. They want to, they have, they probably have money just to throw away, and they want to, they don't really care. I mean, I'm not, this is a blanket statement, but a lot of marketing has to do with like not really caring how the individual person interacts with your product. Just, you just want to push more product, more product, more product seems like.
0: Yeah, which I do too.
1: And there's nothing inherently wrong about that, but it is a different... But I think what you're realizing is there's like both. There's the push the product mentality, regardless of who hears it. And then there's push the product in a way that is going to engage the people that really give a shit.
0: Yeah, well, what I'm... What I'm proposing, I guess, is if you can find the people. Because let me tell you some other stories Mm -hmm. of just what I've seen from book sales. Amazon, like, so we also made all these bestseller lists, which you'd think would be amazing. Like, is
1: that just another marketing scheme of Amazon's? You know, oh, it
0: fucking is. Amazon has literally, <laughs> literally, they have a thousand bestseller lists. Yeah, I'm it's not even kidding. Like part of what they do. There's like parenting toddlers. There's parenting teens. Mm-hmm. There's outdoor activities. There's family outdoor activities. I mean, there's a list for every fucking topic on the planet, and it's microscopic.
1: <clears throat> yeah,
0: and. Marketing lists are built for the company that's selling something. It's just like the Academy Awards. The Academy Awards is not there to benefit movies. It's there to benefit themselves. Mm-hmm. They promote themselves. Any award is doing that. So it feels like an awesome ego stroke to win a bestseller award from Amazon. But at the end of the day, how many copies did it actually sell? Really like jack shit in terms mm-hmm. of like actual money. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're bestsellers on Amazon and in, in probably like five categories, some pretty big ones, and we made way more money off of our own audience. So what do I learn from that? Well, when you're scrolling through Amazon and you see twenty books, what does that mean to you? You know, like
1: there's a lot of books out there. There's a
0: lot of books out there, and you have a limited amount of money. And, and there's
1: books coming every month, being written every month. Being-
0: Amazon lists updates every hour. So there's new books literally every hour, every minute. Books are added to Amazon. Wow. But what when when we make our decisions? How do we decide whether to buy a book? Well, for me, it's like when you or another friend looks me in the eye and says, "This book changed my life."
1: Mm-hmm. I can't
0: stop thinking about it. Yeah. And they, it, you know, you're sitting around at a party and you're talking about some conversation, and someone's like, "Man, I just read the story, and it's crazy."
1: Basically, someone you at least trust somewhat recommends a book and then you begin thinking about it and then the other catch is if is if they recommend the book um and there there's something about the book that they recommend that piques your interest
0: and i would say even more powerful than a recommendation is a story of life change
1: Mm. oh for sure yeah
0: if you read this book and you're like man I um used to parent this way and then I read this book and now I parent this other way. i mm-hmm. I'd be like, what the fuck was that? How yeah. did cuz change is hard. Or someone's like, I used to sit there. I mean, this is how it was with me and Born to Run. It's so like, yeah. I used to sit there and then I read Born to Run. That year I ran my first marathon.
1: Yeah.
0: That I mean that literally is how that went. Yeah. So if I was someone, I'd be like, what the hell is Born to Run say?
1: How did Yeah, like I want to figure out. I want to read that book to see how that like change occurred with you, and and maybe I want to change too.
0: So all that to say, we have you know I don't know how many because while Amazon has the numbers right, a billion people go to Amazon every day. Um, mm-hmm. For us, I just made that number up by the way. <laughs> Sounds checkers. like a lot. <laughs> um, it's a lot. <laughs> um, let's just say. We have even if we only have a hundred people that are passionate about mm. our message and our hike and our way of viewing the world and our challenges and our struggles,
1: mm-hmm.
0: those hundred people, if they get a hold of our book and if I connect with them and serve them and give them what they want, will if they each tell two people, now I have 300 people. But I don't just have 300 people. I have 300 of the right people. Mm -hmm. I have 300 people that I can talk to. I have 300 people that will give feedback to me. I have 300 people that are the types of people that will actually leave a goddamn review. (laughs) Which, by the way, we have, what, 240 reviews or something like that. Yeah. Which is incredibly high. The book company said that I work with that it was the highest number of reviews they've gotten from any book that they've ever worked on. And they've worked on hundreds of books. And in, in one week, we broke the record. Mm-hmm. Bec- and I believe it was not because of the spam list. It was not because of the promotion. They do that with everyone. It was because of the people.
1: It was because we started vlogging five years ago, and we started investing in a certain amount of people that started investing in us. And then that was a domino effect to where we are today. I think.
0: Yes. Yes. So, but there's this question. It's not so simple as just pounding out content. I mean, I think that's part of it. And I think there's a discipline there of how do you just make content consistently. But what I've noticed is there was a certain type of content we made that attracted certain people. And there's pressure. Like, when you're making YouTube videos, the pressure is to make the videos that you see other people making that are getting the most clicks.
1: Or the most likes. or
0: Which is videos that are positive, they feel good, they're like these challenges or pranks. I mean, it's changed over the five years that we've done it.
1: I have a story real quick of the last video we put out was about an emotional explosion I had a month ago. And someone, the comment I remember the most is always the negative comment, right? This is depressing. I could only watch one minute of it. But there was 30 other positive comments of, Cammy, thank you so much for talking about this. I thought I was alone in this. This is really helping me. But like you said, there's pressure because I think, I don't know if we're just wired to like think of the negative comment or whatever, but that type of pressure that you have in your head of, Oh, I made someone depress, or someone thinks th- what I'm putting out is depressing and depressing is negative. So maybe I should stop putting out this type of content.
0: Well, and in the beginning, we got a lot more of those negative comments. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, we would get 10 negative comments because we would do these uh, marriage fight videos. Oh, and yeah. why did we do them? Because we thought they were important and they were the types of videos we wanted to watch. And we didn't see anyone, anyone else out there doing them. Yeah. But no one was doing it. We didn't see them. So we would make a marriage fight video and people would be like, uh TMI, yeah. uh, negative, negative, uh, this is depressing. Uh you guys need help. <laughs> and then we would get one positive comment. That was the ratio. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we kept on doing it. And gradually what happened is the people that didn't like it and wanted positive they content. Found someone else. They went somewhere else.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's like good for them. Great. Yeah. Those were not our people. And the people, and gradually more people that are looking for people processing marriage fights mm-hmm. found us hmm. to a point where yeah. now here we are three years later and you're saying you get one negative and what, 10, 20, 30 positive comments. Well, and I'm
1: having people, they're asking me, I, can you share, I haven't heard how you're doing and I want to hear what's going on with you your journey because I think that would be helpful to me like they know I can share that and that I am someone who will share that and so they're seeking me out and asking for that which is I guess pretty cool I think
0: and at first this was like pretty scary because we didn't know if those people were out there yeah You know, when you see the Mr. Beast type positive videos getting all the likes, it's easy to feel like no one else is interested in the stuff that's deep down Mm. that I'm really interested in.
1: But also, you, as a content creator, I'm realizing you have to create content that you want to create. If you don't create the content you want to create, you're going to, peter out and it's not going to be sustainable for you. Um, And it's also not going to be very life-giving for you either. If you're creating content that just isn't you, uh, it's just what everyone else wants or what you think everyone else wants. Actually, it's not even, it's not even what everyone else wants. We found that, I mean, there's enough people in the world and that you're going to find your people if you stay true to yourself and if you keep on creating, I think. And that's what I found.
0: The other thing is I think you'll actually find it, – it solves a marketing problem where you actually own a niche.
1: Hmm
0: versus and that's try- your niche it's your niche it's a, yeah. like if we compete against mr beast we're like we're gonna make family positive videos no first of all i think we'd kind of suck at it no way uh
1: he's killing it because he's he, good at it he yeah he's good at it it comes not that he hasn't he's worked a ton but it comes more naturally to him to do that kind of so stuff if we probably. were to try
0: and do that i think and that's where it was an okay adventure book but i think in terms of adventure books it would actually kind of suck because there's better (laughs) adventure books. People are climbing Everest and shit and doing stuff far more dangerous than walking. But
1: it's a niche because we did it as a family. We did it with six kids. And we're sharing about the internal struggles that we as parents had doing this crazy-ass adventure.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and that's where in terms of books written about the Appalachian Trail— about a father failing and struggling with his childhood and church trauma and overcoming it and learning mm-hmm. to find acceptance with his kids. It's the best goddamn book out there. <laughs> I promise you.
1: I think so. I, yeah, show me something better. Show, show me, me a something. better book in that category
0: and I will buy you That's a steak your niche. dinner. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: right.
0: But we created the niche and we created the niche by very simply writing the thing that. Was the most difficult thing for us to face, write about, overcome, and Hmm. win. And we had successes and failures in. You don't even have to succeed. No. You just have to tell it honestly.
1: Success is actually... It just looks totally different. It's It's just you keep going. And you find your support. And you find what makes you thrive. And you just keep on going.
0: So... I have a few people in my mind right now, just friends, that are writing things. And they're, there's this pressure to write the safe thing that they know their Facebook friends will like.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: But there's this hmm. challenge that I feel like we've accepted over the years, which is not to write the thing we think our current list of friends are going to like.
1: If they do, great. Like wonderful. All the, all the more power to you if they do. But
0: but actually, it's to write the stuff that I am not. I am the most passionate about now. I mean, and there's all these people that um, have these tips. Like one one tip I like is from a ga- guy named James Altiker. He says write. Uh, what does he say? Write what makes you bleed or something like bleed on the paper. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is the thing that you care about the most? Someone else says, write about what pisses you off. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever those things are.
1: Things that will pull the passion that's already inside of you out and put it on paper.
0: It's your top 3% on either side. Your top three hates or your top three pleasures. Mm. But the problem is most people's top three pleasures are secret. Mm. You know, whether it's sexual, whether it's...
1: Like secret in a shameful kind of way, not just yeah. private
0: both all the above yeah so people want to write about the 97 percent or the 80 percent of popular stuff the problem is everyone's writing about that stuff yeah so when you do that you're competing against the 80 percent of the other people also yeah it's just like spamming everyone
1: mm.
0: you know you're you're reaching a more people great with the common message great that everyone ignores great and it costs you a lot of money great But when you focus on the stuff that you really care about, and there's this other guy, I forget if it was fucking Faulkner or Hemingway, or someone said, "Write." he said, write one true sentence about the way you see the world. Well, that's just how to start off writing. Oh. Good writing. It doesn't need to be long. It doesn't need to be complex. It doesn't need to be elaborate. It doesn't need to be, fuck, it doesn't even need to be grammatically correct. Or, like, spell-checked. It just needs to be your truest sentence. And my truest sentence for this book was I pushed my kid down into the fucking water because I didn't care about his feelings and was so fixated on Mount Katahdin that I almost hurt my child permanently. That was my true sentence. Hmm. And it's like, shit, I'm not (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Or Batman. And I wrote an entire book because we went back and it ended up being something like 15 drafts. So the next six drafts were actually rewriting the book to be about that story, Mm. which was hard. I had to write about stuff I I hadn't thought about, so I didn't want to write about. But Mm -hmm. the reviews now, we get the occasional review that's like, this is not the book I wanted. I wanted the hiking book. And to that person, I say, you know what? Great. There's a 100 other hiking books out there. Right. Those are for you. But I'm getting these reviews from people that are saying, this is the best book I've read all year. I've never read another book like this. Mm. This book changes my view on parenting. I am that same dad. I'm that same person. I've had these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're getting, like, people that are um, connecting to us and our message.
1: There, I think there's so much power in seeing someone face their own demons and come out on the other side and say, like, just come out on the other side and say, like, I can still live with myself. You know, I'm, I'm a work in progress. Um, I don't have to go hide in a cave because of this. Because everyone has that stuff. Everyone has that stuff. Even (laughs) Spider-Man.
0: So this is where I want to just share this, like, kind of very practical view of what I've seen. When you're getting ready to post something on Facebook... And it's the type of thing that you really believe. Maybe it's a political belief. Maybe it's about masks. Maybe it's about pleasure or pain or fear or whatever. <clears throat> maybe it's about your story. You're just telling your own damn story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's the type of thing that's vulnerable. And, of course, first, like me, you might say, uh, I'm not going to post that. No one wants to hear about that. Because, like I said, I made it through nine drafts before I even – was able to realize that this was a part of my story that was important.
1: That, that was the other thing I, I was going to say is there is a lot of noise that you have to cut through, a lot of bullshit, of your own bullshit, of bullshit people have put on you, other voices that you it, – it takes time to cut through all of that and get to that true sentence that Hemingway or whoever said that. Yeah, A lot of time, a lot of effort. Because a lot
0: of times you might think that uh, all these other voices are yours just because they're on the top of your mind. I'm thankful at Thanksgiving. People say that shit all the time, and you're like, I'm thankful at Thanksgiving, even though you're not. Maybe you're sad. (laughs) Maybe you hate Thanksgiving. It's harder to—no one wants to write that on Facebook because everyone's all like, oh, so thankful for my wife and my kids and my beautiful house and this and that. It's like, fuck that. Like, I mean, if that's true for you, great. But there's a million other true things that are usually more true that you won't say because it's not popular and it's not um, rewarded by society.
1: Yeah. We all have dark, light, gray. We all have that. We don't just have light. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of dark places, too.
0: So you're getting ready to post this thing on Facebook. And, okay, so... It takes you a while, like Cammie said, to discover what your true sentence is. And then you post it. And this is my promise to you of what will happen. (laughs) A bunch of people, if it's true, if it's real, a bunch of people won't like it.
1: They'll ignore it.
0: They'll unfollow. They'll unsubscribe. They'll leave a little passive-aggressive, judgmental statement.
1: They're not expecting that from you. Because you've lived, perhaps, most of your life talking about all the, like, fuzzy, popular things to talk about. So to come out all of a sudden and say, oh, yeah, this. Oh, yeah, this is part of me, too.
0: But something else will also happen. Yes. A few people at first will find you, and they will say wow this changed my day
1: Mm -hmm.
0: wow i appreciate you posting this wow i don't feel so alone in the world yep and what i have discovered is i would rather connect and find those few people than give the hundred other people what they say they want and try to make them happy
1: Yeah, I'd say hold on to those people and ignore the rest and just keep on going.
0: Which is really hard.
1: It's very hard. Very hard.
0: But then what will happen is when you find those few people and the other people start to fall off, eventually you're going to find yourself surrounded by one, two, three, five people, maybe a thousand, maybe 50,000 of the types of people that are actually caring about you and the stuff that you actually believe, not the stuff that you have been working so hard to project.
1: Hmm.
0: And they're the people that will actually buy your product. They're the people that will actually, in our experience, share it to their Facebook. Those, I mean, th- this is what's kind of weird, okay? Can I be like, I'm gonna be a little bit honest and this is gonna offend some of my actual close friends whatever that means, is um, I spammed a 1,000 people for my Google contacts. Of those 1,000 people, those are people that we have given money to, we have hosted at meals into, in our home, um, given presents for, lived life with for decades, um, thousands of dollars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? When it came time to share the book, do you know how many of them posted my book on their Facebook or Instagram and said, I love this book. Please buy it. I did. <laughs> that was even hard, actually.
1: <laughs> well, we don't have to go there, but no. <laughs> TMI. <laughs> oh, now it's TMI? <laughs> yeah, now it's TMI. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um,
0: this is slightly hyperbolic, but not really. Mm -hmm. approximately zero of them Mm -hmm. and this is that was my point of this entire spam thing it's the people that appear to be the closest to you from the past are not necessarily the people that are attracted to who you really are and who you're going to become
1: and who will resonate with what you are putting out there
0: which is scary because i think we all want what our parents and our siblings and our
1: closest three friends yeah our
0: community them to be the ones that are the most excited but wrongo oftentimes they're the people that are going to be the least supportive of you changing because it threatens their uh their existence of staying the same so
1: maybe this is getting in the weeds but so that's kind of confusing right like it's confusing when those two worlds don't overlap when you don't have when the people you spend the most time with and maybe you invest the most to aren't supporting what's the most important to you. That's that's hard and really confusing. And what do you do with that? Do you start unfriending those people?
0: I think you do if you have to. If, cause, and this is what the case is with some of my friends right now that I'm talking to. They're saying, I don't want to post this on Facebook because... Um, my, f- I don't trust my friends and family um, that will see it my neighbors and they will judge me and to that person I'm saying block unfollow unsubscribe do whatever you need to do to post your honest stuff out there because that's when I know mm-hmm. that not because it's their fault the other people's but if you're not brave enough or have the courage which actually takes a lot I think Yeah. To block these voices out, and this is where we had a rather fortunate scenario, which did not feel fortunate at the time, but when we got excommunicated by our religious community and um, family members, um, I hated it. It was painful as hell, but actually, it was one of the biggest things that launched me into being able to be more honest with myself and the world about what I actually wanted and believed. And I don't think I would have had the courage to be honest if I was still in that community.
1: I 100% feel the same way. And
0: I don't know if I would have even had the strength to block these people or choose to, but now that I've, it happened to me, you know, I'm like, oh, shit. that should be a service. You should be able to it hire me to, to get you excommunicated. I was going to
1: say, it happened to you because there is a part of who you are, Ben, that that couldn't hide from these other people, I think. And so I think your true self was like shining through and they're like, uh-uh, don't like, unsubscribe <laughs> from real life.
0: <laughs> they unsubscribed me in a massive way. That's what excommunication is. Yeah, It's like we're choosing to have everyone that we control unfollow you.
1: And God is behind us. But anyways, that's a whole other story.
0: Um, so I have this little thing written on my card. I want to read it because it sounded epic at the time. Do not focus on who you have been friends with. Focus on who you want to be friends with.
1: Hmm.
0: Which takes imagination. It's, it takes a lot of imagination and trust into the fucking universe or God or whatever you want to believe that when you put your true self out there, people will actually find you. I've just seen it happen again and again and again. And for Mm -hmm. us, I just got to say, we, it felt like we lost everyone and everything. Mm -hmm. And then it felt like we had no one.
1: Yeah.
0: And then we had no one. (laughs) And then it was year two and we had no one. And year three we had one person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and year three and a half we had five people. Mm-hmm. But those first two years it was like, oh, we fucked up. I guess we're gonna spend the rest of our life alone. That's yeah. how it felt. But we just kept on putting our message out there. Yeah. To a point where you know, this last year we had a Christmas party. At the Christmas party, I looked around. And people are fucking talking about the types of stuff that we like talking about. The stuff that would get us kicked out of the previous club. <laughs> yeah. And we couldn't talk about. But now we were just talking about it. And I looked around and, and there's people that we could just be ourselves with. And I was like, oh, it's working. Whatever mm. it is. Like, they, <laughs> they found us. Mm. Our people found us. Yeah. They're out there. They were out there the entire time. But as long as you're putting out into the universe what you think people want instead of what you really are. You're going to get
1: shittier friends. I
0: promise (laughs) you, you will never find those people.
1: Yeah. So you
0: almost have to let go or at least be willing to let go. And this is where I'm not suggesting you block people because there's a problem with them. I'm just only saying block them if you can't handle it. But you have to be willing to put yourself out there and trust and let people decide themselves. When you put your honest self out there and some people don't choose you, sometimes it feels like it's better to put your fake self out there so that they're choosing you, but it's not really you they're choosing. Mm-hmm. And you're not really giving them true freedom of choice because they don't know who you really are. Mm-hmm. So when you start just putting your true self out there and, and telling the real story, I mean, in in my uh, version, it was, Whoa, we're going long today. Um, Sorry, I need to redo this thing. Um, in my version of this, you know, I mean, well, there's been a lot of iterations of it, but <clears throat> it was telling the story of pushing seven down. But actually, I'm just gonna say too, part of why we cuss, there's a couple reasons why. One is, it's how we talk
1: yeah. normally. Yeah.
0: I enjoy it. I think it's fun. <laughs> But second of all, in terms of why we do it on our platforms, whether it be a book or a post, I know that publicly speaking, our posts will be more popular if we don't. The majority of family quote unquote content, what we stand to gain in terms of numbers is more than what we stand to lose. But here's the thing, if there's a type of person that will unfollow us because Every time I post a swearing, something I swear, Mm -hmm. something happens. Like 10 people unfollow me. Yeah. But then one or two people say, I love that you guys are just yourself. They
1: become more invested. Yes.
0: They trust us more. They're going to buy our damn book, and they're the type of person that's going to share it. Yeah. And they're the type of person I want to connect with anyways. If you're only here because I don't swear and because I don't offend you and because you view me as a moral— Fucking superhero. We're never going to be friends anyways.
1: Yeah. It's just a show then. Or a facade at that point.
0: And I'd rather have three people that will hear me swear and swear with me. And buy my damn book. Because mm-hmm. they actually care what I think anyways. And it doesn't need to be a book. It can be... uh, I mean, really... A book is an extreme thing that I just accomplished in this last month. But before that, I would post an idea on Facebook that you know what it was my idea, yeah. And a lot of people probably look at it and they're like, "Okay, uh, <laughs> weirdo." But then a few people out there are like, "Yes, hell yes, mm-hmm. that's what I feel. That's mm-hmm. what I needed. That's what I wanted." And I want to find those people, and I hope you do too. That's my that's my fucking sermon for the day.
1: Yep. Also, just start small. I mean, that's, that's what both you and I did. Um, I don't know, now you're seeing that Ben wrote a book, but before you wrote a book, 10 years before you wrote a book, you were writing little tiny blog posts here and there. I wrote hundreds of blog posts. Yes, hundreds. Um, but I think it. what I'm getting at is it takes practice. <laughs> And it takes, I mean...
0: What takes practice?
1: To be vulnerable. Yes. And to be your true self. It takes practice and it takes... I just think it... um, You just... The more you do it, the easier it's going to become in a way. I'm not saying it's going to be easy because to me it's still not easy. But I was talking to a friend and they were like, I don't know how you do this. And I'm like... Well, I just, I did it years ago. And so what I felt years ago, I was in your shoes. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I felt scared and I felt like it was a huge risk, but I did it. And then I kept doing it and then I kept doing it. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, I just know these things that I know someone's going to resonate with it. I feel better after doing it.
0: You feel less alone.
1: I feel less alone. But it just, it's one step at a time. Whatever that is for you.
0: My next step, one of the things that makes me a little nervous, is that I wrote this book. And this book, even though it's like, uh, how do I say it? Even though I took a risk within the material itself, of writing about my failures it still is a more popular topic it's hiking and it's family everyone likes it okay yeah some right. of my future topics that i'm the most interested in i have a feeling are like
1: they're even more niche there's gonna be another
0: <laughs> uh great filtering that yeah. happens where i'm gonna put the book out and let's say it this book sells ten thousand copies. Ten thousand people are going to buy the next book. They're like, "Oh, hot dang! I can't read Ben read Ben Crawford's next inspirational family hiking book." And they read it, and they're like, "Wait, wait a second, wait. This is not inspirational family <laughs> hiking." And I'm going to be like, "Sorry," and a thousand people is going to turn into ten people or a hundred people, and I'm going to disappoint another nine hundred people. But I just know that's how it goes. And yeah, and. It was a a little bit hard for me to start off with this book, knowing that that's the pressure I'm going to be facing. Mm. But it's also the other side is to try and continue to write a book that makes all 1,000 people happy yeah, and then makes 10,000 people happy and then makes 20,000 people happy. And one of the things I love about PewDiePie, who for those of you that don't know is like the largest YouTuber on the platform, um, he makes videos. He's been my biggest inspiration on YouTube. And I don't even watch his videos. For the last year, I haven't watched one of his videos, I don't think. Because I'm, I'm not interested in them. But you know what? He's interested in them.
1: And there's people who are interested he in them. He has 50
0: million subscribers. And he makes videos that uh, that are so fucking annoying and dumb sometimes. But he does it because he cares about mm-hmm. whatever it is he's making a video about. And I don't know how you do it, how you ignore essentially forty nine million people.
1: Well, he's been doing this for ten years. That's how he did. But it's, it. But it's it's amazing. <laughs> he's gotten good at it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he, he'll like. I feel like he's shooting himself in the foot, you know, because he'll like make these really obscure Minecraft videos. I don't even give a shit about Minecraft, but but he's then only I'm like
1: shooting shooting himself in the foot. On one angle.
0: I know. Because that's when you see... Well, that's how he's gotten so big and so popular is by continuing and consistently making the videos that he cares about. Yeah. Where other people traditionally burn themselves out after two or three years. Yeah. And I respect the hell out of him for doing it.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) So,
0: okay. I want to finish up, but I want to issue a challenge to you guys. And that is that you write one true sentence the truest the hard stuff something you haven't shared yet and that you post it somewhere it could be facebook could be youtube could be twitter could be instagram could be a letter that you write to a person could be something you write in your own journal or diary that you don't share with anyone i don't care it's not about numbers it's about honesty yeah but that you would write that sentence and maybe a paragraph follows, maybe not. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But I would love it if you would write in the comments on this YouTube video what your plan is. You don't need to write the sentence there. But you 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 can. If you want. But what are you going to write and when are you going to do it and where are you going to post it? Do that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it should be hard. It should bleed it's gonna be something you love or you hate it's not gonna be average and whatever that thing is just know there are other people that believe that out there and I believe you can find those people if you want to
1: hmm.
0: but it's gonna be hard
1: yeah and lonely
0: you might be saying goodbye you might be disappointing some folks yeah okay that's that um, we got this book if you wanna buy it it's the story the book we've been talking about today 2000 miles together the story of the largest family to hike the Appalachian Trail I actually am very proud of it
1: I'm proud of it too
0: um I would have been proud at draft nine but I'm way more proud now because now it's like it's the stuff mm. I feel like I laid it out there I bled on the pages mm. yeah um yep and I didn't hold back I feel like I'm gonna, oh, it to make sure want to cry right
1: now geez <laughs> Puff the cigar
0: (laughs) but i fucking did it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know and i I was scared it was scary for me
1: yeah Mm.
0: um you can buy it on amazon um you can also uh it helps us out if you buy it from our merch store directly because we literally make four or five times as much money when we sell a copy directly to you than when um
1: and that's fight for together all one word dot big cartel b-i-g-c-a-r-t-e-l.com wow i just see it enough times <laughs> i know it by heart i don't even know that i like that
0: <laughs> all the links are below um thanks guys uh for listening and this podcast is available on all the podcasting platforms, the major ones like iTunes and stuff. It helps us out if you want to leave a review there or if you want to leave a review of the book on either Amazon or Goodreads. That um, helps us out. Thanks so much. Thank you. For your support.
1: Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you next time. Oh, we a long.